This is Emmanuel Today, taking steps toward God's possible in your life. It's now time for you to sit back and prepare for insights on your walk with Christ. Let's join today's message right now. Johnson. I'm the youth director here at Emmanuel. Best job I've ever had. Absolutely love it. My wife and I, we've been here for seven years. And listen, this is home. And hopefully, even though you guys are online and watching online right now, that you feel that, that this is home. And what God is doing here, even in this season, it's real. It is so real. And so it's my honor to continue this series that we're in, hashtag blessed. And so last week, if you uh, did not tune in, I would encourage you after this message, make sure sure that you go back and listen to the word that Pastor Nate had. It was absolutely life-changing. A a phrase and a quote that stood out to me from last week that has just been messing with me all this week was that we might not be in the same boat, but we're all going through the same storm. And it's this call to unity in the midst of persecution as the body of Christ, if you will, or not persecution, but just trials and tribulations, if you will. And so it's just this call to just focus in on God, make sure our, our Attention is on him, and I would encourage you guys, go back and watch that message after this one here. It will challenge you, and it will encourage you. Now, I know probably already you're asking the question in the comment section going, why does the youth pastor have cookies on stage? Or some of you are like, shocker, the youth pastor has food or snacks on stage for when he's speaking. Now, these are not just normal cookies. Like, you need to understand right now, wherever you're at, before you eat all of your Memorial Day snacks, these are Pastor Jody Roosh cookies. There is an anointing on here. There is just something that is constant, like that my mouth is watering as I am speaking right now, trying to not eat these in these moments. Um, Early on, uh, I would compete in the RBL. If you don't know what the RBL is, uh, Pastor Nate has referenced it. It's the Roosh Backyard League. And we would have these competitive basketball games back there, but nothing would match the competition that would take place to the competition of who is the first one to go and get a fresh Jody Roosh cookie when they came out of the oven. And as I was preparing for the message today, I was brought back to this because there was an illustration uh, that I heard a pastor share several years ago that I've used um, in some of my youth ministry talks, if you will. And it goes a little something like this. The illustration started, and I would, I would stand up in front of our youth, 6th through 12th graders here at Emmanuel, and I would have a plate of cookies just like this. And I want to be careful because I want to eat these afterwards, so i got to make sure they stay on the plate. And so I would begin to look at the students, and I'd ask them the question, who wants a cookie? And of course, what middle schooler or high schooler does not want a cookie? Kind of went like middle school's like, yeah! in high school, trying to play it cool, looking around. I I like a cookie. Yeah, yeah. I'll take a cookie. And so I'd give one person a cookie and and then ask the question again, who wants a cookie? And of course, everybody's like, well, maybe this is my time. And I would give the same person a cookie. Now, there started to be some anger. and I could sense that there was some mutiny aboard at this point. I'm like, okay. But nonetheless, I continued on and I would ask the same question. I asked it a third time. I asked it a fourth time. I asked it a fifth time. And the same, every time I would give a cookie to the same person. And I kid you not, every time I would use this illustration, there would be at least one brave soul that would stand up and go, where's my cookie? Or even there was one time I had one student go, this is the worst youth group ever. 
forever, all over a cookie, right? But at the end of the illustration, it was supposed to point out that God has blessed each and every one of us, but we gotta be aware and ask ourselves the question, what am I doing with my cookies? With what God has given me, with what God has blessed me with, what am I doing with those cookies? Am I just hoarding it to myself? Or am I sharing it? Because every time this illustration took place, the person who had all the cookies would wind up sharing the cookies. And it played right into the point because wherever you're at at home, wherever you're watching, God has blessed you with something. But we have to ask ourselves, are we sharing our cookies? Or what are we doing with our cookies? What I'm going to do with my cookies right now to make sure I have them for later, I'm going to invite a good friend of mine, Pastor John Carlos, who I trust to not eat these, to save these for our kids. This will be, okay, like we're good? Oh my, you're lucky we're in church and we're recording right now because some of the things that went through my head not for this platform at that point. All right, Uh, nonetheless, as Pastor Nate says, I digress, all right, and continue on. So looking at this, so one of the tensions we wrestle with, Pastor Phil, I'm not blessed. I don't have anything that I'm, I'm, I'm really blessed with, nothing that I could use, nothing that I could share. And the reality is everyone has been blessed with something that could bless someone. Every one of us has been blessed with something that could bless someone. But here is the, the, the tension, the big tension that I think that we fall on that we are wrestling with here. And it has to do with our comfort. It has to do with what maybe we're not aware of. And I think a lot of us, we have gotten so comfortable with what or how God has blessed us that we don't even realize that we're blessed. That we've gotten so comfortable with what or how God has blessed us that we don't even realize the blessings that are before us or we don't even realize the cookies that are on our plate. That we are totally oblivious to it And then, in fact, unable to truly live out and be a blessing to others. And that's the title of what um, my talk is here today with this series is Blessed to Bless. Blessed to Bless. I love how one of our pastors on staff, uh, Pastor Darren Pulley, he says it this way. You are blessed to be a blessing. And so we're going to be looking at that here today in our text found in Matthew chapter 5. We're going to be looking at verse 13 through 16. And as you're turning there, uh, just a little backstory to this text. And so Jesus is the, the speaker at this point, And his audience is, uh, has just got done hearing him speak one of the most famous talks, if you will, on the Beatitudes. And we've been looking at that the last several weeks within the series, hashtag blessed. And Jesus now is moving on to some action steps at this point. And I love how it's captured here in Matthew uh, and, and what Jesus is sharing with his audience. And this is what we read in Matthew 5, or chapter 5, verse 13. This is Jesus speaking. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world, a town built on a hill that cannot be hidden. Neither do you people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. 
So what we see here in this text that uh, when you're talking about salt, salt and light, it's a distinction that we are to be different. Where salt is needing, there is probably decay. Where light is needed, there is probably darkness. But this salt and light, it's a distinction, it's a challenge, it's an encouragement, it's a call for us to be different. And so looking at this text, there's three questions I just want us to begin to ask ourselves. I love when there's a point with a question because what happens, it's not just like, okay, I'm going to try to force this into my life, but it's a, a challenge where I have to take a step back and I have to be honest with myself of where am I at with this. And what I think in this passage Jesus is doing that I absolutely love, it's a challenge of where is your motives and where is your mindset when it comes to the challenge of being salt and light. And so the first question that we see here is what, what am I preserving? What are you preserving? What are we preserving? You see, as Jesus is talking about salt, salt, uh, for a lot of us, we recognize that salt is used for seasoning. Come on, somebody. I know some of you guys are firing up the grill and the burgers are on the grill as you're watching this sermon right now. Salt is used for seasoning. Salt is used uh, for preservation. But here's the thing that I, that I was wrecked with when I began really praying through this scripture and, and thinking through like what Jesus meant. And here's this question of what am I preserving? And the honesty that we have to come to at this moment is, am I just preserving my way of life? Let's get a little bit more real. Am I just preserving my own level of comfort my own way of doing things. As, as I look at the, the needs and the, the calls around me, am I just seeking to preserve that which I think I need or even my wants? Or am I preserving the heart of God? Because the heart of God, it's a heart for people. It's a heart for those that are lost. It's a heart for those that are searching. And for us, we have to begin to wrestle with this question that if we are called to be salt, what are we preserving? Are we just preserving our own needs and our desires? Or are we seeking to preserve the heart of God? I love how it says in Luke chapter 17, verse 33. And this is Jesus speaking once again. It says, whoever tries to keep their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life will preserve it. And what Jesus is talking about in this part of the passage, is it's not just even the physical life. He's saying if you try to preserve these things that don't matter, these things that don't last, these material things, that if we seek to fight and wrestle to try to maintain these things, we will lose it. But at the end of the day, for those that are not afraid to say, God, this is yours to begin with, they will preserve their life. See, it's interesting that we, like, with the things that we try to hold on to, because instantly, friends, we lose our saltiness when we try to preserve things that aren't even ours. We try to begin, we begin to lose our saltiness when we try to preserve things that don't matter, that don't last. But where our saltiness is magnified and multiplied is when we begin to preserve the heart of God, and that is a heart for people. So our first question is, what am I preserving? The second question, where am I positioned? I love how Jesus communicates this in Matthew 5. We look at verse 14 through 15, and he communicates it using the image of a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. And there's this encouragement we see, neither do they, the people light a lamp and put it 
under a bowl. And I think there's a very real tension when we begin to ask ourselves this question of where am I positioned? As I was beginning to prep this message, I was brought back to a story I saw or I found in a book uh, from the author Bob Goff. And he talks about uh, this painting that he wanted to buy. It was an expensive painting. It was an amazing painting. It was a rare painting. So he was saving up and he went up and he, to go buy this painting. And at the cashier spot, the cashier stops him and asks him this question. Do you want the fake one? And Bob Goff kind of steps back and goes, what do you mean the fake one? And the cashier begins to communicate with them. It's like, well, when people are buying these expensive paintings, a lot of times they like to have a fake one so that they can put up in their house just in case someone was to come over and, God forbid, knock it down or get some food on it, whatever that might be. And Bob Goff is listening to him. He goes, no, like, I, I'll take the real one. And I think there's a very real tension that we feel with this because there is a real light that God wants to shine through the real you, but that can't happen through the fake you. You're probably going, Pastor Phil, what, are, what do you mean by that? I think there's a tension we have to put the real version of us in a safe spot because we ask ourselves, well, uh, what, if, what happens if I get hurt? What happens if I'm not affirmed? What happens if I'm not accepted? What happens if people don't respond in the way that I hope they respond? And instead we put up this fake filtered version of ourselves but then we begin to wonder God why can't you use me friends if I can encourage you wherever you're watching here today God can't move uh, in a real way through the fake you God cannot do that and what we need to begin to do is take down the fake version of ourselves and begin to put up the real version and you will begin to see the real God move in a real way in the world and the community around you. So you need to begin to ask yourself that question, where am I positioned? Am I positioned in a place of fear that's dictating whether I put the real version of me out there or a filtered fake version? Or am I trusting God enough to be the God that he says he is, to be the light that he has created me to be, and put that real version out and see God do a real work in the lives and the community around me? And so these are our first two questions as we're looking at what am I, uh, what am I preserving? Where am I positioned? And this third question as we get ready to ask, I'm gonna invite the band to come up. I know this is a good cue for you at home. You're like, oh, he's almost done. I only got 45 minutes left, so buckle down. You'll be all right. But this third and final question in this text we see that we have to ask ourselves is, what am I promoting? What am I promoting? This is how Jesus ends this passage. He goes, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds. And I think sometimes we stop at this point and we go, okay, God's telling me it's time to get my shine on. It's time for me to flex my platform and my influence. Like, I got this. Let me, let me increase my status. But we've missed the last part that Jesus is encouraging us with in that. And that is... The, so that your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. As I was preparing, I was brought back to a, a time or just a various trips that I've had the great opportunity to lead while here at Emmanuel. I've, um, I've been able to lead several international trips with our students. Uh, we've gone to Costa Rica. We've gone to Ecuador. We've gone to El Salvador. And even recently, we went to Guatemala. And every one of these trips, chances are uh, me and some of the guys, we would be sitting out uh, late at night just, uh, just chatting. And someone will look at the group and just go, man. These stars just seem bigger in this country. 
just the light, it just seems like it's just brighter out here. And as I was preparing, like I came across a similar statement in a book I was, I was in and I began to do some research and like, well, are, are the stars just brighter in those countries? Are, are they bigger? Are they bigger than they are in New York City? Are they, are they bigger than they are in Minneapolis and LA? And it was interesting because you begin to look at it and when you're in those cities, that the stars are actually the same size. The shine is the same brightness. But the difference is there's something called manufactured light. And it's manufactured light that comes from buildings and structures and homes that as you begin to look up at the sky, it begins to take some of the attention off and it begins to minimize, if you will, some of the, the grandeur, if you will, of the stars. I think some of you at home right now, you're beginning to connect some of the dots because this is what happens when we try to take the shine from Jesus, is that we begin in our own works and our own strengths, we attempt to become manufactured light and what we don't realize is we begin to rob God of the glory that he deserves. And we begin to wonder why things aren't changing in our communities. Because we gotta step back and ask, what am I promoting? Because if we on our own strength and our own actions try to do it on our own, we become a manufactured light that takes away from the glory and the focus on where it needs to be. But friends, here's the encouragement. When you begin to plug in, when you begin to plug into Jesus, when you begin to plug into God, to the way, the truth, and the life, what happens is you begin to remove the manufactured life that would rob their attention and you begin to open other people's eyes and your own eyes to the natural light that is Jesus, the natural light that is our heavenly Father. And then when God begins to get the glory, the response is, look at you and what you did. Look at God. Because friends, it is only God that can begin to bring about the change that's needed, the hope that's desired, and the peace that is being cried out for. We sung that song earlier, Graves into Gardens, only God, only God. But we have to ask ourselves the question, what am I promoting? Is it my agenda? Is it my platform? Is it my own desires, my own status because of my own petty insecurities? Or am I trusting God enough that God, I want you to get the glory? And so we have to ask ourselves those questions. What am, I, what am I taking care of? Like, what am I preserving? Where am I positioned? And what am I promoting? Because the reality, friends, the presence of salt and life produces a changed life, a blessed life. But that doesn't happen if we aren't the salt that Jesus needs us to be, the light that he called us to be. Because here's the reality, we're, there's no salt without a savior. You can't be salt on your own. You can be salty on your own, but you can't be salt on your own. You need a savior to be the salt that Jesus calls us to in Matthew 5. To be the light, you have to be plugged into the source. To be the light that Jesus is calling us to be in this passage. And as we talked about in the tension earlier, Pastor I'm not blessed. There's nothing I can do. Everyone has been blessed with something that can bless someone. Everyone, every man, woman, doesn't matter the color of your skin, doesn't matter what age you are, everyone has been blessed with something that can bless someone. But as that opening illustration with Pastor Jody's cookies, we just have to begin to go, God, what can I do with my cookies? 
God, what, what is it? God, in my own fleshly mindset, God, I don't think I can do anything. I don't think there's any good that I can bring about, God. But what can you do? How can you use these? One of the action steps I would love to challenge um, our, our family, that is Team Emmanuel here, is this week, maybe you are blessed with being able to bake, that you are a bomb baker, right? Drop off some cookies at someone's doorstep, right? If you're like, I'm not a good baker, but you're blessed with some finances, go buy someone some cookies, right? If they're gluten-free, hey, gluten-free, gluten-aware, drop off something. But here's even the challenge, don't put your name on it. So a lot of us, we want that mention, right? We were like, we drop it off and we almost wait to be added on Twitter or added in Instagram or have someone make a little TikTok about, look at my neighbor. No, drop off a blessing bomb, a blessing drop. Don't put your name on it. Don't put your name on it. Don't even put that it's from Emmanuel because what we want is we want God to get the glory. We want God to get, and, and you might go, well, that's so simple, that's so small. Isn't it funny how God can use the simple and the small things to bring about a big change and impact? And so that would be a challenge I would just begin to extend to you, just even as a family, saying, like, hey, what can we do for our neighborhood? What can we do for our coworkers? What are those random acts of kindness that we could do, not to our credit, but to God's glory, to begin to practice being salt and light in this world? We're gonna get ready to go into a time of worship and I love this song that we're getting ready to go into because it brings our attention and focus back on God. It's saying, God, nothing else but you. God, I need nothing else. I desire nothing else. Nothing else can bring about the change like I desire and pray for but you. And it brings our, that attention and focus back to Jesus, back to God because friends, this world needs Jesus. You can learn more about the various ministries that Emmanuel offers and see Sunday services every week. Check out emmanuelcc.org for details.